Hello. Welcome to the Servative Hour, an hour of anti-conservative movement, call-in talk radio, responding to whatever the local conservative movement or beyond is going on about. But also, this is a welcome, everyone, to KZOM's annual Fall Fund Drive, our final fundraising event for 2022. And there's a premium available for whoever makes the first donation of $89.30. You will receive two tickets to Night at the Opera this Friday at the Leeds Center at 7.30 p.m. Wow. <clears throat> we also have other fall fund drive promos for $60, a mug and coffee from the mill for $89.30, a new t-shirt, you'd get that along with, I suppose, the two tickets to Night at the Opera this Friday at 7.30 p.m. at the lead. Then for $120, you can add a choice of bandana, socks, or tote. And for a $250 donation, there's a KZUM hoodie. And it does cost money to keep the station open. Uh, to stream our program on the Internet, it's $450 a year. Rent and utilities for studio and tower locations, that's uh, $4,800 a month. That's the largest expense. Power supply to protect our equipment from surges, $700. <coughs> Cleaning replacements and equipment upgrades for uh, $2023, I guess that's more than the rent and the utilities, but that's the monthly thing. Well, the other one is for a whole year. Anyway, when all is said and done, KZUM costs about uh, $50 an hour to run. So we've got an hour here. Maybe could even get the $50 that would pay for this hour and uh, possibly beyond. Now, I haven't said the topic for this September 13th, 2022. It is Nebraska election and voting politics. So get right into that. From the Nebraska Examiner by Aaron Sanford from September 6th, 2022. Minimum wage voter ID petitions qualify for Nebraska's November ballot. Legislature also puts airport measure on ballot. <clears throat> Omaha. Nebraskans will vote this fall on a pair of petitions, one that could increase the minimum wage to $15 by 2026, and another that could require a photo ID to cast ballots. The Nebraska Secretary of State's office said Tuesday that both petition efforts secured enough valid signatures from Nebraska voters to get on November's general election ballot. The legislature added a third item to the ballot, Legislative Resolution 283CA. It would allow airports to use money they raise to incentivize commercial air service to the airport. <coughs> Medical marijuana failed. Mm. <coughs> The petition to legalize medical marijuana did not secure enough signatures from enough parts of Nebraska to get onto the ballot this year. Organizers have said they're going to try again. Sponsors of the Raise the Wage campaign celebrated ballot access as a milestone for a years-long effort to increase Nebraska's $9 an hour minimum wage 
to $15 an hour by 2026 and then index that raise to the cost of living. They argue that inflation has hit 150,000 low-income Nebraskans the hardest. One in five workers who would benefit from the increase are parents. Raise the wage Nebraska said about 95,000 Nebraskans would be affected by an increased minimum wage, the group said. <clears throat> the minimum wage effort required minimum wage effort turned in 97,245 signatures validated by county election officials, including the required 5% from registered voters in 38 counties, according to the Secretary of State's office. They secured more than 5% in 44 counties. Voter ID petition sponsors, including State Senator Julie Slama of Dunbar, marked another step in a decade-plus process that had seen previous efforts to pass a constitutional amendment filibustered or defeated. Quote, It is very clear, as evidenced by the enthusiasm we encountered as Nebraskans signed this petition, that voters care about election security and they want voter ID in Nebraska, Slama said in a statement. <clears throat> the voter ID petition required signatures from 10% of registered voters in Nebraska because it aims to change the state constitution. Citizens for voter ID secured 136,458 valid signatures, exceeding the required 5% in 76 of the state's 93 counties, election officials said. So, voter ID will be on the ballot, along with raising the minimum wage. <coughs> and another aspect of voting is how voting is to be done in our unicameral. 17 state senators pledged to end secret ballot for legislative committees, Herbster Pack says. Defenders of nonpartisan approach say push is GOP power grab. And this is also by Aaron Sanderford from Nebraska Examiner from September 12, 2022. 17 of Nebraska's state senators have signed the first pledge pushed by Charles Herbster's new political action committee to scrap the legislature's unique system of electing committee chairs by secret ballot. Republicans have sought that change for the nonpartisan body. Historically, shielding votes for committee leadership process shielding votes for committee leadership process from public view has allowed senators in the majority party, Republicans, to select leaders from the minority party. Democrats to lead committees. <clears throat> if the vote were public, conservatives have argued fewer Republican senators would risk the political price of supporting a Democrat to lead the Judiciary or Urban Affairs Committees, as now happens. And I'll just skip down here. <clears throat> to where it says... Local political scientists and longtime observers of the legislature 
have argued that the push to remove secret balloting for committee chairs is not about transparency, but is an attempt by the state's dominant political party, the GOP, to assert partisan control of the body. The 49-member Nebraska legislature, unlike Congress or state houses elsewhere, does not have a structure for partisan discipline to be enforced by a party whip. Senators and political parties still exert pressure on their colleagues with speeches and statements, but the structure reduces the ability to punish senators who stray from the party line. Quote, These are George Norris reforms that are critical to the operation of a one-house nonpartisan legislature, said Paul Landau, a political scientist at the University of Nebraska at Omaha. Quote, you cannot get along without them. <clears throat> End quote. Eighteen candidates for the legislature this November also signed on to Nebraska First's, quote, transparency, unquote, pledge. All but one are Republicans. The other is Tyler Capel, a libertarian running against State Senator Dave Merman of Glenville in Legislative District 38. Merman also signed the pledge. District 38 is one of four where both general election candidates signed the pledge. The others are District 40 in northern Nebraska, District 42 in the North Platte area, and District 48 in the Panhandle. PAC spokesman Rod Edwards said he plans to follow up with people he's not heard back from, including Democrats. The deadline to reply is September 29th, he said. The first, quote, the first absentee ballots will be mailed to voters in early October. Edwards has said the group will let voters know who signed the pledge and who didn't. Quote, Transparency in voting should be a nonpartisan issue, Edwards said. <clears throat> Quote, We believe voters support transparency and will support candidates who do, too. End quote. One of the PAC's main goals is to push legislative candidates farther to the right. And that article continues on. Then a little bit more on this voting in the legislature and secret ballots versus publicly known ballots. This is by Al Davis, as posted on Facebook. Several Nebraska senators have signed on to dispense with the secret ballot for electing committee chairs and the speaker. The effort is being conducted by Charles Herbster. This is an extremely foolish move for the following reasons. <clears throat> First, it will be the leader of the Republican Party who ultimately makes those selections. If Jim Pullen is elected, the Republican Party will once again be controlled by the Ricketts faction of the party, which was removed at the summer 2022 Republican convention. That wouldn't appear to be what rural Nebraska wants. Second, the Nebraska legislature is becoming more and more an urban body. Urban senators will be seeking those positions and have the votes to put people of their choice into those positions. Do the people of Nebraska want a body whose committee chairs are selected outside the legislative area of the governor's office or by a coalition of urban senators selecting those positions? Selecting speaker and committee chairs by secret ballot permits the senators to select the best person for the job not someone who happens to be a political favorite of someone else. It also keeps the speaker from punishing those who didn't vote for him or her by holding their bills till the end of the session, 
which effectively kills the bills. <clears throat> the same can be said for committee chairs who refuse to uh, exec on a bill introduced by someone who didn't vote for them in the elections. We have much to lose by the idea. Leave the rules as they are. And so says Al Davis on Facebook. And uh, we're on our way to $40,000 as of Tuesday, 6 p.m. today. Listeners have donated $13,390. A big thank you to everyone who has made a contribution during the KZUM Fall Fund Drive. No matter how big or small, every donation helps KZUM bring you an awesome radio program. Head to kzum.org or call me now at 402-474-5086 plus one. Uh, <clears throat> Stefan is uh, waiting for your calls. Would like to hear from you to uh, hear of your uh, generous support of KZUM as you have for so many years now. And once again, the topic is Nebraska elections and voting politics. And this is uh, KZUM Lincoln and KZUM HD. December our hearts 
thank you for listening to KZUM during our fall fun drive. You know that uh, one thing you can always count on uh, is KZUM on the airwaves. That is in large part due to you making a contribution year after year for almost 45 years. We are happy to broadcast great music, uh, produce compelling and informative podcasts, and provide daily information about vital resources so we can all thrive here in Lincoln. We need your help now more than ever to keep this station going. You can call now at 402-474-5086, extension 1, or go to kzum.org to make that contribution to help keep KZUM on the air and thriving. <coughs> and, uh, as I mentioned before, have a special premium for whoever would be the first to call in with a donation of $89.30. That's for the 89.3 frequency on the FM electromagnetic spectrum dial. You would get uh, two tickets to LSO's Night at the Opera this Friday at the Leeds Center at uh, 7.30 p.m. Wow, Night at the Opera. Got... Uh, Groucho, Chico, Harpo, uh, well, anyway, someone playing Groucho, Chip, Chico, and Harpo at least, which should be entertaining for the audience and for them as well. So please call in to uh, donate to KZUM and uh, support uh, what we're trying to do here. I hope that uh, you have enjoyed it and will be able to continue enjoying it uh, thanks to your support. <clears throat> now, the topic here on the Servative Hour, and the Servative Hour is, of course, a response to what the conservative movement is going on about, and certainly what you hear here, you won't hear on other uh, broadcast frequencies that you might tune into. Mostly what you tune into, uh, not here, well, right now I think there's crazy train to midnight, and oh, the madness. Here, it's sanity and uh, reality. <clears throat> so, the Nebraska election and voting politics is the topic, and they are wanting to have a voter ID. Of course, I don't think voter ID is the end of it. I think that's just, well, of saying uh, there's something wrong with uh, the integrity of our elections so that they can go far beyond that. Still, there is no problem, so what's the need? Other than those, <clears throat> to pacify those who have uh, been misled. Facts, reason, and voter ID. Just because there has never been a case of voter impersonation in Nebraska doesn't mean it isn't actually happening, right? Wrong? This is from September 8th, 2022, by Civic Nebraska. can be found on the civicnebraska.org website. Since September 6th, when the Secretary of State announced that a voter ID initiative would be on Nebraska's November 8th ballot, we've witnessed the playing out of a familiar ritual. It goes like this. <clears throat> Those opposed to imposing strict voter ID requirements note that in the long history of voting in our state, there is no problem with our election security, and point out that no one can recall any prosecutions for voter impersonation fraud in Nebraska. 
voter ID enthusiasts respond with a yes, but they ask Rumsfeld-like, how do we really know there's no voter fraud? This is quickly followed by strict voter ID being held up as a surefire way to identify and stop fraud. You know, just in case it does actually exist, and our election officials across the state have somehow been oblivious up until now. <clears throat> in other words, if one believes something is happening, then it must be, in fact, happening. And here's our ready-made way of stopping it. This is a version of the classic, the absence of evidence is not evidence of absence argument. Just because there has never been a case of voter impersonation in Nebraska doesn't mean it isn't actually happening, right? <clears throat> uh, wrong. It remains a fact that no one has been prosecuted for voter impersonation in the history of the state of Nebraska. It also remains a fact that our election system's tried and true safeguards have ensured election integrity in Nebraska since time immemorial. The politicians aiming to make it harder for you to vote know this, too, but they'd rather you not dwell on it. Right next to voter ID's multi-million dollar price tag, it's not exactly their strongest argument. We can say with confidence that if voter impersonation were happening, it would not go undetected. We have one of the largest sample sizes available, an election. <clears throat> Each election year, hundreds of thousands of Nebraskans go to vote, if people were being impersonated, even on a small scale, we would know. Someone would show up at their polling location to vote and be told, you already voted. If they noted that they had not voted, that would raise red flags, including a criminal investigation, news coverage, and extensive attention from election officials. Impersonating someone at the polls is a huge risk and is a felony. An impersonator would need to find out where the person they're impersonating lived, identify their polling place, and go to that polling place on election day and hope that the poll worker does not know who they are or who the voter is, that the actual voter does not show up and try to vote later on election day, or even show up at the same time, and there is no camera footage and that they hope that there is no camera footage at the polling location site, then they would have to do this again and again at multiple polling locations to even begin to change the outcome of an election. Ask yourself, if claims of voter fraud were true, is it likely that evidence of its truth would exist, given the state's well-established electoral guardrails against fraud and impersonation, which averred in Nebraska a national reputation for efficient, safe, secure elections, the absence of such evidence is in fact material evidence that strongly suggests such claims are false. <clears throat> we get it. It's human nature to have lower standards of evidence for what we want to believe, but an impossibly high standard of evidence for what we don't want to believe. This predisposition is as old as our species, but until recently... Until fairly recently, it hadn't really posed a serious threat to our American institutions. Of course, all that began to change in the middle of the last decade. Since at least 2016, we have been inundated with fact-free accusations of elections gone wild. It's no wonder, then, that some of us reject the evidence of our eyes and ears and rely on feel. The problem with this mindset, though, is that it's too easy to be lulled into accepting a false dichotomy. As presented by the voter ID devotees, there are only two options. Do you want elections that are safe and secure, or do you want elections that are rife with unseen, undetectable mass cheating? 
This is a tool of manipulation designed to strong-arm us into supporting and voting for policies that our logical, fair-minded brains would otherwise dismiss as imprudent, unfair, or unsound. In 2022, it's a ballot initiative that will make it harder for all Nebraskans to vote, not just the Nebraskans in the other party, or Nebraskans some would prefer didn't vote, mind you, all Nebraskans. Spreading disinformation about unfounded and unproven voter fraud foments mistrust in our election systems. This is particularly problematic when it is repeated and amplified by state officials. It also fails to appreciate the thousands of Nebraskans across the state whose mission is to faithfully conduct safe and secure elections. By all accounts, these Nebraskans have done so successfully. The biggest problem with our elections is, the, is that many of Nebraska's eligible voters are choosing not to vote. If politicians truly want to, do, want to strengthen our elections, they might consider doing all they can to encourage voters to participate, Spreading disinformation and supporting unnecessary voter ID requirements will accomplish the exact opposite. And that article can be found at uh, civicnebraska.org under the headline Facts, Reason, and Voter ID. And it is uh, KZUM's annual fall fund drive, our final fundraising event for 2022. And uh, really, thank you for listening to KZUM during our fall fund drive. And right now, you are listening to a real person, me. I work hard every week to put together a program that you will not find anywhere else on the dial. Well, that's right. I actually do research and find out if what I'm saying is factual, <clears throat> something which uh, no other talk radio program uh, available locally, uh, it's not on KZUM anyway, uh, from uh, the other stations. So, no, they don't. They don't uh, I don't think they do any research at all, actually. They just read whatever is on Epoch Times, which is uh, run by the Fuan Gong religious cult or something like that. <clears throat> anyway, as I was saying, uh, this is a ra- this is radio as it's meant to be. You won't hear one playlist that's predetermined by you for you by an algorithm or corporation. All of our knowledgeable volunteers creates programs that we think you will like, learn from and be inspired by. In fact, KZUM volunteers produce over 7,000 hours of programming every year. How awesome is that? It's really awesome. You have the means to make a donation and love what we do. You can call now at 402-474-5086, extension 1, or go to ksum.org. And uh, thank you. And we still have that uh, premium available. (coughs) First person to call in with a donation of $89.30. Two tickets to LSO Night at the Opera this Friday at the Leeds Center at 7.30 p.m. What a fun time that would be. And, of course, we have other fall fund drive premium levels. Uh, For a $60 donation, you get a mug and coffee from the mill. For $89.30, a new T-shirt, along with that uh, tickets to Night at the Opera, which I mentioned for the first person to call in with that 
$120 at a choice of bandana, socks, or tote, and for $250, a KCUM hoodie. Yay. That's big. All right, so with more on the voter ID, <clears throat> also from civicnebraska.org. Say no to strict voter ID, no to initiative 432. Voter suppression in Nebraska has an official name and number, initiative measure 432. Here are a few other figures to consider this election season. This is from September 12, 2022 by Steve Smith. Voter suppression in Nebraska now has a number. On September 12th, the Secretary of State's office announced that a proposed rewrite of the Nebraska Constitution will appear on the November 8th general ballot as Initiative Measure 432. <coughs> you can visit no2432.org <coughs> for a long list of reasons why imposing strict voter ID restrictions on every eligible Nebraska voter is a reckless and harmful idea. And if you're looking for a few more numbers about this ill-advised scheme, here are a few. The section of the Nebraska Constitution that the politicians behind Initiative 432 want to rewrite to impose strict voter ID restrictions in Nebraska, the clause was written amid a fight between Congress and President Andrew Johnson over whether all people, or only whites in our new state, would have the right to vote. Congress said everyone. Johnson disagreed. Congress won the showdown by overriding his veto of legislation admitting Nebraska into the Union. As such, we have one of the most powerful voter protections of any state constitution, and it has stood the test of time. This hasty rewrite will serve to restrict all voters, but especially senior Nebraskans, highly mobile young people, low-income residents, many women, and many members of our minority community. And... I think I'll take a break now, play another September song, and hope that someone calls in to support KZUM during our KZUM 2022 Fall Fund Drive, our final fundraising event for 2022. Phone number is 402-474-5086. Stefan is waiting to get your, hear your call. And also there's the website ksum.org. ORG where you can donate there and thank you very much for doing so uh, actually no it isn't this is live I just let it play one announcement too many sorry about that so this is uh, still the KZUM annual fall fund drive it will be going on all week and of course nothing to stop you from donating next week as well but it would make us all here feel so fantastic if you would call in to 402-474-5086 to uh, donate some money to KZUM. As I mentioned, we have this uh, premium waiting here of two tickets to LSO's uh, Night at the Opera this Friday at the Lead Center at 7.30 p.m. for a donation of $89.30. Of course, many premiums, as we usually do, uh, for $60 donation, that's a mug and coffee from the mill. That's a KZUM coffee mug. Then for $89.30, along with the premium, if you call in first, you also get a new KZUM t-shirt. 
At $120, you add a choice of bandana, socks, or tote to go along with the t-shirt and the coffee and the mug and all the rest. Then at $250, a KZUM hoodie. <clears throat> Just what you need for the coming inclement weather. And speaking of weather, it is now 75 degrees Fahrenheit with no wind, clear sky, and uh, humidity of uh, 67%, a bit humid. Yes, it is, because it's a bit warmer these past few days, so be a low of 64 degrees tonight and a high tomorrow of 95 degrees Fahrenheit, sunny and warm. Hmm. Summer is uh, still here for a while. <coughs> All right, uh, so back to the article I was reading. <coughs> the estimated minimum number of voting-age Nebraskans who do not have a valid government-issued ID that would be required to vote under Initiative 432 that number jumps to nearly 70,000 if you include those who only carry temporary learner's permits issued by the DMV. Neither figure, however, accounts for Nebraskans who may have moved, gotten married, changed their name, gotten glasses, lost significant weight, or had any other life changes that isn't reflected on their current driver's license. That's the difference between having a current ID that allows you to drive and a valid ID which politicians can define in very narrow ways. The cost for a state-issued ID in Nebraska, forcing citizens to pay a fee in order to vote, is akin to a poll tax, a disgraceful and illegal relic of Jim Crow that should remain buried under the progress of voting rights, and that's $29.00 the cost of a state-issued ID in Nebraska. <clears throat> $22.9 million, the most recent estimate from 2018 of what it would cost Nebraska taxpayers to foot the bill for voter ID restrictions like the ones proposed in Initiative 432. That's just for the first year alone, by the way. $750,000, the most recent estimate from 2018 of what it would cost Nebraska taxpayers each and every year to foot the bill for voter ID restrictions like the ones proposed in Initiative 432, money that could otherwise go to highways, state parks, infrastructure, or tax reform. And uh, $25 million, the number of ballots Nebraskans have cast in statewide primary and general elections in the past 50 years. Zero would be the number of prosecutions for voter impersonation fraud that any official pro or anti-voter ID can recall in Nebraska during that time. And a four, the class of felony in Nebraska covering voter impersonation. Class four felonies carry punishment up to two years in prison and one year of post-release supervision and up to a $10,000 fine. Is that a risk worth taking? And a 42, that would be the number of states, some with voter ID and others where it would be easier to vote than in Nebraska, if, if uh, Initiative 432 passes. Remember, when you hear everyone's doing it, why aren't we, that all voter ID laws around, around the country are not the same, and Nebraska's would be among the worst. And uh, then it goes on with uh, a call to action there which I will just leave off. Well, it's getting towards the last few minutes of the show and have yet to hear the phone ring. This is a pledge drive. 
It's not like you have to call in and give a political opinion on some controversial issue. It's just call in and say, I want to support KZOM. And I want to show you the money so that you can show me the show and keep uh, KZOM on the go. <clears throat> well, I suppose I'll have time for uh, one final article here. Which is... <clears throat> from uh, marketwatch.com. Inside a Nebraska hotel ballroom where election conspiracy theories still hold sway. This is from September 8th, 2022. First published September 5th, 2022. And it's by the Associated Press. No evidence has emerged to suggest widespread fraud or manipulation, while reviews in state after state have upheld results showing Joe Biden's victory over Donald Trump in November 2020. Yet some can't or won't shake the belief that the election was stolen from Trump. Omaha, Nebraska, Associated Press. On a quiet Saturday in an Omaha hotel, about 50 people gathered in a ballroom to learn about elections. The subject wasn't voter registration drives or poll worker volunteer training. Instead, they pay $25 each to listen to panelists lay out conspiracy theories about voting machines and rigged election results. In language that sometimes leaned into violent imagery, some panelists called on those attending to join what they framed as a battle between good and evil. <coughs> Among those in the audience was Melissa Sauder, who drove nearly 350 miles from the small western Nebraska town of Grant with her 13-year-old daughter. After years of combing internet sites, listening to podcasts, and reading conservative media reports, Sauder wanted to learn more about what she believes are serious problems with the integrity of U.S. elections. She can't shake the belief that voting machines are being manipulated even in her home county, where then-President Donald Trump won 85% of the vote in 2020. Quote, I just don't know the truth because it's not open and apparent, and it's not transparent to us, said Souter, 38. Quote, we are trusting people who are trusting the wrong people. <coughs> End quote. It's a sentiment now shared by millions of people in the United States after relentless attacks on the outcome of the 2020 presidential election by Trump and his allies. Nearly two years after that election, no evidence has emerged to suggest widespread fraud or manipulation, while reviews in state after state have upheld the results showing President Joe Biden won. Even so, the attacks and falsehoods have made an impact, an Associated Press Center for Public Affairs Research poll from 2021 found that about two-thirds of Republicans say they do not think Biden was legitimately elected. And events like the one held August 27th in Nebraska's largest city are one reason why, billed as the, quote, Nebraska Election Integrity Forum, unquote, the conference featured some of the nation's most prominent figures pushing conspiracy theories that the last presidential election was stolen from Trump through widespread fraud or manipulation of voting machines. It was just one of dozens of similar events that have been held around the country for the better part of a year. <clears throat> Despite the relatively light attendance, the events are often live-streamed and recorded, ensuring they can ultimately reach a wide audience. 
over eight hours with only a brief lunch break, attendees were deluged with election conspiracies complete with charts and slideshows. Speakers talked about tampering of voting machines or the systems that store voter rolls, ballot box stuffing, and massive numbers of votes cast by dead people and non-U.S. citizens. All theories that have been debunked. There is no evidence of widespread fraud or tampering with election equipment that could have affected the outcome of the 2020 election, in which Biden won both the popular vote, topping the Republican incumbent by more than 7 million votes nationwide, and the electrical, electoral college count. Numerous official reviews and audits in the six battleground states where Trump challenged his loss have upheld the validity of the results. Judges, including some appointed by Trump, dismissed numerous lawsuits making various claims of fraud and wrongdoing. Trump's former Attorney General, William Barr, and other advisors and top government officials told him there was no evidence of widespread fraud. As part of the U.S. House Committee's investigation of the riot at the U.S. Capitol on January 6, 2021, Barr told congressional investigators that the claims by Trump allies surrounding voting machines were disturbing, but also were, quote, made in such a sensational way that they obvious, obviously were influencing a lot of people, <clears throat> end quote. He added that the false claims were doing a, quote, grave disservice to the country, end quote. Many local and state election officials have said the conspiracies have already led to rampant misinformation, vitriol aimed at election workers, and calls to toss out voting equipment. Trey Grayson, a former Republican Secretary of State in Kentucky, who is critical of those spreading conspiracy theories, said previous election year attacks were focused on candidates or political parties, but now are targeted at election administration. Quote, there are a lot of really bad actors here that are trying to undermine confidence in a system. It is dangerous, he said. End quote. Despite all the evidence that the 2020 election was fair and the results accurate, the conspiracy theories have persuaded many Republicans otherwise with real-world consequences. And... Uh, in New Mexico this year, fears of voting machines being manipulated led one rural county commission to threaten that it would vote against certifying the results of its primary election, even though the county clerk insisted the results were accurate. In Nevada, a rural county is pushing ahead with a plan to count by hand its thousands of ballots this November, a lengthy and painstaking process that, ironically, could lead to errors. At the Omaha conference, evidence of an accurate election was ignored as speaker after speaker told attendees that machines are rigged and elections are stolen. And I think that's about all the time I have for the topic, but I still want to encourage you to donate to KZUM. We do need your support. We rely on your support as we have these many years since 1977 to be able to uh, broadcast our program uh, on the FM and to have it online for listening to all over the world. So, <clears throat> as Lincoln's only community radio station, we strive to represent our entire community. When you donate to KZUM, you are supporting a home for multiple perspectives to be represented through on-air music programs, news, and podcasted content. If you value a media source that strives for inclusion and you can make a contribution, go to kzum.org 
or call 402-474-5086, extension 1 now. And thank you very much. And this has been the Servative Hour. Thank you very much for listening. And good night to you all.